Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> the system is down. <laughs> Does music even sound like that anymore? No. I feel like it doesn't. <laughs> well, I can't do like pentatonic. A... <laughs> I can't. I... <laughs> Josh, you are the newest member of the pentatonics. <laughs> I want to be that guy from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, the, uh, yeah, 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 the Police yeah, Academy yeah. Police Academy, stuff. yeah, yeah, not Beverly Hills, yeah. <laughs> that guy was great. Uh, hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And uh, today we have a special episode. It's not t specifically Commander-related, but we have a couple of friends on that we're going to bring on soon to talk uh, some stories. Some stories have some opinions like about some things. story power hour. Yeah, exactly. Also, um, probably a lot of pon pontificating. A lot of pontificating, a lot of... Uh, uh, Sort of a, I just, I guess it's going to be us talking heartfelt about some things that we believe in and the state of the uh, state. We're of just going to be hanging out. Yeah, we're hanging out. It's the state of the union with EDH players. Um, but uh, <laughs> before we get into that, have a couple of announcements. Of course, we're on YouTube. We've uploaded all of our podcast videos to YouTube. We uh, respond to comments there as well as on the Rocket Jump page. If you guys want to subscribe to us, please do. Uh, our videos take a long time to make, and they are very uh, useful. They're yeah, useful. in fact, our videos have recently been upgraded. Um, I did a bunch of cool animations, and then we found this guy named Jeffrey Palmer, uh, and his Twitter handle is at LivingCardsMTG, and he has done some awesome card animations, even more intricate than what I was doing, and so we have those in our video. Uh, if you haven't gone over to YouTube to check out the videos, at least watch one, one because we put a lot of work into it, but two, <laughs> it's a re it looks really cool. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah, it, it's not just like stills. We actually have like the images moving. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been animated. It's it's really cool stuff, and you get to see all the cards as we're talking about them. It does make it easier to digest. Yeah. If you stick it on a second monitor, it's almost like a uh, like a an extravagant Magic the Gathering backgrounds screen like screensaver yeah. yeah, that's going on. Um, yeah, but thanks to Jeffrey for doing some of the extra card animations. You may have seen some of his stuff on the Magic subreddit. Uh, they're really, really, really cool. Yeah, the guy's got skills. Yeah. Also, we're running a new contest. New contest. Beep, beep, beep. We're giving away some pr 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 prizes. Courtesy of a fan that we met in GP Vegas, uh, Alex Newman, at Alexander Noom. Alexander Noom. We'll put it in the uh, description below. Oh, it's below. Alexander Newm. Newm, that's right. Yeah. Um, he uh, writes articles on mtgbrodeals.com, and he provided us with Packs of the Dark, which is an old set, and it's a very it valuable one. It was like the too. fourth or fifth Magic set, not yeah. counting uh, Alpha Beta. I think it went Antiquities, Legend, no, Arabian Nights, Nights Antiquities, Legends, The Dark. That's correct? right, The Dark. Yeah, yeah. So it's there are some, some cool stuff in there. The original Blood Moon is in there. Yep, Josh, the very first Blood Moon. Uh, yeah. So screw that. Maze of Ith and uh, Ball Lightning. Creature, Goblin Wizard, Tormod's Crypt. A lot of sort of the original cards. Elves that... of Deep Shadow is a good one that's yeah. in there. There's um, a lot of really cool stuff. Um, these packs are very valuable and super huge thanks to Alex for uh, giving these for us to give away. And the contest is simple. Very simple. So here's what we're going to do. We want you to enter. What you do is you send in your deck list. So your EDH deck, you need to go to tappedout.net and put in the deck list there and then email it to us. And then well, what we want you to do... Or tweet it at us. You could tweet it at us, too. What you want you to do is we want it to be a deck that you're having trouble with. If it's fine-tuned and it's perfect, then we can't help you much. Yeah. But we're going to review... We're going to choose decks to review on the show. So we want you to do the deck list, send it to us, and explain what problems you're having or maybe what you're not sure about. And or then, what you're trying to do with it. Yeah. And maybe what you haven't been successful with. Uh, any information you think we might need, what your meta's like, maybe there's a problem deck in your meta and you're trying to combat that, anything mm -hmm. that you think is relevant, and then we will choose, uh, over the coming weeks and months, we'll choose a few of these and we'll do a re review of your deck on the show and, tr and try and help you uh, improve or tune it. And then those people chosen will win a pack of the dark. Along with some other... Uh fun prizes we always throw in some like random foils and stuff you always just win extra stuff because yeah. jimmy's awesome <laughs> i just have some stuff to give away yeah so uh we're, we're essentially doing sort of more extravagant deck techs where we're helping you finalize your deck or find out what that missing piece is and we'll try and throw in some level up moments in there as well uh like sort of like hey we wanted to do this because this is a political thing that we always do and we think that this card really helps you know contribute to that and what you're trying to do with the deck etc cetera, etc cetera. well and also the great thing is we've got a comment section on rocket jump on our youtube page 
it can start discussion among other people who listen to the show, and that can really give you a lot of information, a lot of mm-hmm. help too. So, yeah. So super easy. Email us at commandcast at rocketjump.com or tweet at us at commandcast with the deck list that you made on tappedout.net. It's really easy to do. All you have to do is just type out the card names in no particular order. And uh, send it in and tell us, give us as much information as possible. That's why we recommend you email it. And uh, we'll hopefully pick one of your decks and you will win some sweet prizes. All right, let's introduce our guests. And our very special guest today for a very fun episode, we've got Wedge from the Menosaurus and the professor from Telerian Community College. Welcome to the show, friends. Oh, hello. Pleasure to be here. So exciting. We've never had a double guest in different parts of the world before. This is very exciting. This is our first three way. Off to a good start, Josh. First three-way Skype. Skype call. Wait, then exactly. who's at three? Then who's not participating? Who, who, who no, am I, I missing out on? Oh, boy. <laughs> I get to sample. I, yeah. If so, you don't know who's being left out, then then you're the one that's being left out. Oh, yeah, Big that's yours. probably true. Uh, Josh I, and I are Skyping from the same account, so I guess that, that we count yeah, as one. I messed that up on so many levels. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, pretty much. Well, if you guys don't know, Professor Josh and I did get to go to GP Vegas last week, but Wedge, unfortunately, was at home, and it was a sad, (sighs) sad time because we wanted to hang out with Wedge badly, and we would love to have been able to have you there at the event. So this episode is here to catch you up. We're going to share some of our favorite stories and just hang out and talk about what happened and also what you saw from Twitter and Twitch the entire weekend because I'd love to see what your uh, perspective was on the whole event from a different sort of place. And you also got to watch GP Chiba and uh, Utrecht at the same time, which is crazy. Oh, it was it was around the clock coverage. There's there, there's a lot to talk about. Let's put it that way. I well, yeah, that's interesting because Wedge, you probably know a lot more about what's actually happened in the tournaments than we do. I don't know about you, Professor, but Jimmy and I, like because we're busy running around meeting with people playing in it. Like I only know a little bit about what happens like actually with the players in the tournament. I haven't yet had a chance to catch up on the other two uh, GPs, other than the the fact that I heard that it was rather funny with the earthquake that everybody kept a cool head. Oh, the commentaries right. like it was on stream. I haven't. I yeah. really love to watch it, and I heard that the the commentators were really cool about it, kept everybody calm, made cracked a joke about red mana players, and uh, <laughs> that that the GP went on you know nice and smooth, which I'm glad to hear. But I I don't know uh, the winning decks who won. I I literally haven't had a chance to sit down and catch up on all the coverage from the other gps that is insane an earthquake happened and everyone's like oh yep earthquake we'll get back to playing and i tap my <laughs> island yeah <laughs> as as a good magic player should yeah be doing. <laughs> just islands <clears throat> uh, actually last year when i was in japan we were in a building and all the buildings there are meant to shake because when they shake it actually makes it safer because right. they're right. not rigid so they won't break until an earthquake hit and we were on the top floor and we were just like whoa you'll sway for a while after yeah. the earthquake yeah. and we went downstairs and there was no one like screaming bloody mary everyone was just I'm just eating breakfast, whatever. And I was like, wow, this must be enough of a common occurrence because when it happened in New York, were you there for the uh, the earthquake of New York like two years ago, Wedge? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like people were freaking oh out, my, right? Yeah, it, it was like end of the world Armageddon. <laughs> it, it, seriously, it would, and like the thing about New York is we're so used to weird weather mm-hmm. and like an insanely bad, like we get terrible nor'easters and like hurricanes. That, everyone freaked out for that. Nothing else, but just... I mean, we're talking like hide under tables, like nuclear disaster. <laughs> 37 it, was, it was hilarious, honestly. <laughs> wow. In retrospect, it was hilarious. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, you do get used to it. I, I was in uh, Los Angeles during the Northridge quake, and oh, wow. there were so one. many. Well, that was when I was a kid, uh, but it was a big one, and there were so many aftershocks. It was unreal, and it got to a point where we just we would wait a sec before running to the doorway. Like at first it was always run to the doorway. That's the safest part of the house. But after a while, it's just like, is this going to be a big one? If not, I'm not moving. Yeah. You know, you just get um, used to it. So yeah. I can imagine in a place like Japan, they're just like, eh, 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 just, you know, I'm just the, another day. Yeah. I'm the same way. And it's bad. Don't do this, uh, people. <laughs> but yeah, if it starts shaking and I'm in bed, I'm just like, eh, no, I think I'm good. I'm yeah, just staying it, in bed. Is it, is it getting worse? I'm good. It was okay. Eh, I think all right. Yeah. Also, I like how it's like going through a doorway. Why isn't it get the heck outside? Like get right. out of the thing. Well, that you might want fall the in. most because sta- you can't make it outside. Obviously, true. Always, true. yeah. Maybe, maybe so you want, want to make it all the, way the out most there. stable area in the house. Well, fortunately, Vegas did not shake, but we did 
shake some dice and roll them across the table. I guess that was the closest we got to, <laughs> make, to a rolling Great earthquake. Segue. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we did eat like a ton of awesome dinners is what we really that's did. That's right. And Wedge, that's, I mean, perhaps perhaps next time we will, we owe you a steak. That's what it comes oh, like, like a really that, good that, so that is good. most of the stories that the professor told me was like I went to dinner and then I went to dinner and then I went to dinner. And <laughs> yeah, so like and then 80%. I went to, and then I went to bed while they went off and gambled and played magic. <laughs> yeah. We had some amazing meals though, Wedge. That was definitely a highlight. I think professor, we had dinner with you like every night except one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Well, it's especially good because uh, Josh, you seem to know Las Vegas very well. Indeed. Yeah, I know it way too well. And uh, I could not find a good place to eat for the life of me. I'd made all the wrong choices when I was on my own for like breakfast or whatever. But oh, those were those were great meals. Those were some really great meals. That steak in particular, just marble veined and aged in house, and ordered a nice bottle That's of Tempranillo. <laughs> wedge is just like dying. It was. Right he now. got. We got. We all got the bone-in ribeye uh, oh. wedge. We went to Delmonico's uh, Steakhouse in the Venetian. It's uh, one of Emerald Lagasse's uh, restaurants. Um, I didn't know Emeralds. Yeah, and the bone-in ribeye there is like what was that like? What was that like? Sixteen ounces or so? It was a big yeah. steak. It was oh. a big steak. It was marble marbleized really well. It's. One of the best steaks in Vegas. I mean, a lot of people will say cut, um, which is about twice as expensive, and I think probably only 5% better. So to, for my money, Delmonico's, if you're ever in Vegas, that's where everybody should eat. True. Well, you need reservations, though, right? Oh, yeah. I'd made yeah. those reservations like a week out because I knew. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I mean, I think actually all three of us seem to be in the best places for food in the U.S., I would argue. San Fran, L.A., and New York are all. Right. Yeah, those are probably the, the three oh, yeah. best. Yeah. I mean, probably. Sorry, you can we're, maybe we're you can say like Miami you know or something. You got to put Narlins on there. Narlins, Narlins has like Narlins has like Narlins, crazy good food. It's a different type. It, yeah, yeah, it's Cajun, it's, it's gumbo, it's, but it's, it's so all good. Yeah, it's so I've good. never been to New Orleans or Miami or Chicago, but I'd put my money on Chicago out of the three for better cuisine. Oh, I don't really? know why. Yeah, Ooh. I don't know why. I just feel like I don't know. Uh, uh, doesn't Chicago have some? I know nothing about Chicago cuisine. <laughs> I know they you have know, that giant that reflective big... egg thing, and that's it. It's a huge. <laughs> that's it. It's like a. It's a. It's 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 a. It's a metropolis. It's a. It's, yeah. it's, it's got a huge some city. great. It is giant. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to have some good food in it somewhere. Okay, but just prof, when you go yeah. to. Narlins, don't just don't call it New Orleans yeah, when call you go it there. Nolens. Nolens. I gotta call Nolens. it Nolens. 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 Just don't call it New Orleans there because, well, that's not what they <laughs> call watched, it. It's like people I who say Oregon. F- yeah. Ooh. I watched Ooh, the whole first season of Treme. Does that count as a trip? That's actually pretty. You, you're probably better versed in that city. I mean, it's I feel true. like I know Baltimore because yeah. I watched The Wire. Yeah, yeah clearly. Right, right. I was right. the as worst. Soon as you though. said Baltimore, I was like, he's going to say The Wire. He's say the, wire. Yeah, has oh, to be. the Wire. Yeah, The so good. Excuse me, but I know something about Baltimore. I watched <laughs> The Wire. I, I practically grew up in Baltimore. As okay, a listen. <laughs> Do people like you? You just did that <laughs> about Nolens. 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 I, I watched The Godfather too before I went to Vegas. I'm well versed. <laughs> um, so okay. So what? Um, oh, I got to tell you a story, Wedge. This, I love stories. Yeah, this is the story of the whole trip oh, for me. Gosh, this, this isn't the one with me, right? Yes, yeah, it is the hilarious. one with you. So, oh my god, I'm so, so ready. Yeah, I, I was gonna like wait till later, but this, this is just—you'll get me back. <laughs> How do you get me back? This wasn't set up. He'll this find wasn't a way. set up. This actually happened. There's no getting back. Okay, <laughs> so we are in the convention center. It's Sunday. We're just talking. I think Jimmy had walked away to watch uh, MTGO Doc. Mm-hmm. I was watching to watch Doc, Gabe's. Yeah. Uh, because I, I think, think Jimmy, was, you were knocked out at that point. I think it was round eight or nine. Yeah. And he had to win both of his last matches to get in, I think. Yeah, he was winning in. And I think that um, you had walked away for a second. And so we were just chatting. It was me, Prof, uh, our friend Vincent, mm-hmm. our buddy Brian Tran, who works at Twitch. And we're chatting. And we're just sort of waiting for Jimmy to finish up. And this kid walks up. And I say kid. He's probably like 19 or 20. Uh he walks up and he's sort of looking at his phone, but he's also sort of keeps glancing up towards us. And he's standing just outside of our conversation area. So I've been around Jimmy a lot. Jimmy's fairly well known. You'll be in places with Jimmy and this will happen. And, and it's a little bit like usually I just end up going, come on over here, just meet him. And then, you know, we can get on with our lives here. And so I go, I, I motion to the kid and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, hey, man, what, what what's going on? Come on over here. And he he sort of comes over and 
I'm like, hey, how are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? And he, and he says, oh, I'm just, I'm just looking for some people to sign some stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, here he is right here. And I push the professor <laughs> towards him because he was sort of eyeing the professor and nobody knows who I am and Jimmy's not there. So it's got to be... It's got to be Brian. <laughs> so I push him, in, and, and the professor steps towards him and goes, hey, how are you doing? What's your name? I'm, I'm Brian. And he reaches out his hand, and the kid like, tentatively grabs his hand and starts to, to shake it, and he goes, I don't know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> he gave you all the signs, too. He did. I was totally fooled. And I'm like, oh, I thought you said you wanted people to sign stuff. And he goes, yeah, like pros. <laughs> <laughs> he is a pro. He's a professor, clearly. What? Oh my god! You should have seen. So I would have paid to see <laughs> those. Oh I'm, I w- we're literally. I'm literally like crying, laughing at this point. Like I would have been on the floor. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that was pretty insane. And keep in mind that that he was just like when you're like, hey, what's going on? Oh, nothing. You know that there was no indication it was on his perspective yeah. just a friendly stranger saying hey man how you doing yeah, yeah exactly. fine. Yeah, yeah, come yeah. over here shake this guy's hand <laughs> right it must have been like this is weird what whoa okay what yep. is happening uh-huh well, phenomenal. Right. it's <laughs> total misinterpretation phenomenal. from both sides yeah it was yeah but you know i will say that in the professor's defense like if you go anywhere with him around there like he's the guy everybody knows who he is like at our party gathering everybody wanted to meet the professor like we met a couple of kids, uh, a couple of guys at the uh, event, and we told them we were going to dinner with the professor, and they didn't want to come until they heard the professor was going to dinner. And they were like, <laughs> oh, please. And then they were like, can, can we go to dinner? We really want to meet him. And we were like, sure. There was those two guys, Alex and Kyle, that we yeah. brought to Fogo de Chao that first night. And uh, I can so, only imagine what would happen if both you guys were walking around, because you guys are essentially the YouTubers of magic. I mean, of I would, magic. I think no I would, one knows me. That that story you just said would be the exact same all day. A lot of what? that's, that's not possible. That. You are the Come face now, of the Manasaurus. Just knock it off. Like, <laughs> all you know, day. Any number... Yeah, any idea how many people asked me, is Wedge here? Where's Wedge? Like, I would uh, say the over-under is like two. <laughs> About. 2,000. 2,000, yeah. You know, the, it, it, you would have gotten quite a lot of attention. I had people ask me that, and I have no real tie Wait, to you, Wedge. Yeah, but they saw, I'd be like, oh, the, you know, they knew we knew the professor. So they'd be like, is, is Wedge here? Is the Manasaurus here? And I'd be like, no, right. sorry, unfortunately. You know, and they'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, we told all of them that that. The man source thought he was too cool for GP Vegas. <laughs> right, whoa, right. Whoa, okay. Well, I gotta go. I gotta make like a campaign now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like hashtag wedge is not too cool. I actually yeah. told. Uh, yeah, I told them that we that you were there and that you were just wait by that wall. He'll be coming by any minute. That's what I told every single person. <laughs> right. It was a busy well, wall though. By the be end, the actual worst. <laughs> unless unless he stands you up, you know. Unless he stands you up, but we're gonna tell oh, him you're waiting on him. <laughs> Yeah, but we did we'll miss give you. Give him a picture of you frowning and everything. Right. <laughs> but what you did do something very significant while GP Vegas unfolded. Uh, we talked about the last uh, couple episodes, and your your fundraising was St. Jude's charity, and you you blew it away. Holy moly! Yeah, unbelievable. What was the final number of uh, the amount that you raised? Thanks. Yeah, uh, we raised. Oh my gosh, fourteen thousand four hundred seventy eight dollars, and I Holy think eighteen crap. cents. Wow! In That's- two weeks. That, in two weeks. That's about as how many people went to the GP Vegas. Like, yeah, it's more. 15, it's 000. unbelievable. Here we are. We're eating steaks and laughing about that. But you were actually like saving the lives yeah. of children. Like <laughs> literally. So, if we talk about this too much, I'm going to like cry. <laughs> oh, let's keep talking. Let's definitely keep talking then. Yeah, we just keep Great. Going. Uh, no, it was it was amazing. Uh, we, we did we did the fundraiser because it's a Twitch. Like it's a live stream fundraiser. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. partners with them. And last summer's fundraiser was two and a half months long, right? All summer. And we raised $11,900 over two and a half months. Mm-hmm. This time around, two weeks. Wow. Went over that by 2500 wow. I mean, my like, crap. community nailed it. I mean, absolutely yeah. went crazy. Uh, it was it, it was definitely, and we were talking like before, you know, we started recording, but it was it was the one thing that made it okay that I wasn't at GP Vegas. And like, I can't. I definitely can't stress that enough that it was honestly the only other thing that I was happy doing, you know, if I wasn't in Vegas was that. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, well, I mean, congr- was- congratulations, first of all, that that number is astounding yeah. uh, in that amount of time. And, you know, yeah, we joke, we joke. But I mean, 
there's a whole bunch of kids that are really happy you didn't go to Vegas. I mean, like yeah. honestly, that's that's incredible. So yeah, Saint Jude's a wonderful. If you wonderful if you put that money in someone else's hands in Vegas, it you may never see it again. Oh God! If it's in, <laughs> don't put it in my hands. Yeah, it's I might gonna, double it. I might double. You it. might double it. Probably not. Probably, probably not. <laughs> if you if you put that money into most Magic players' hands, they just buy into vintage. <laughs> oh yeah, they would buy like half in vintage. They'd be like, "I have a two thirds of a deck <laughs> ready to go." Speaking 14K, of which, did tendrils, you tell? Here I come. Did yeah. You, did you tell them what uh, Open Boosters donated for the uh, charity oh my stream? Gosh. That was so amazing. That's uh, right. You were yeah. You guys were uh, raffling off some of those cards. Uh, not raffling off. You were sort of doing a bid for some it was, of that uh, stuff, right? Yeah. It, it was the pseudo charity auction, uh, and there there were a lot of YouTubers that got behind it. Uh, but that's amazing. Uh, open Boosters, who like he's you know. He went viral opening the the Black Lotus, you know, right? Beta, the, Lotus, yeah. the Black yeah. Lotus in Prop Island. Uh, he sent a graded nine beta time twister. Wow! Holy crap! Oh. Wow! Which was yeah. Uh, it, it ended up it ended up going for fourteen hundred. That's great. Uh, but the way the auctions work is like you donate and that's your bid, so you don't get it back. So it was like it, it's like a risky kind of thing, but. It ended up raising over three thousand total, like just that auction. Oh, because of everyone's bids that were going in. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's it un- was phenomenal. That's unbelievable. He he. You know what the worst part is? He trolled me so hard. <laughs> when when he was he he released a video packaging it. And he's like, yeah, I'm sending you something between like forty and sixty dollars because that's what you asked for. Because it is. I'm like, you know, if you're gonna send something, right? You know, make it you know kind of nice, but you know, don't go crazy. And he's like, yeah, forty to sixty dollars. So I open it, and before I see the card, there's this note, and he's like. The box was forty to sixty dollars when I bought it back in nineteen ninety three, and I'm like, all right. So I looked at it, and it's the beta. I thought it was gonna be like a beta lightning bolt or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said to, and it's there. It is the time twister, and I've just jaw dropped. Wow. I've never been trolled that hard in my whole life. That's a pretty good uh, troll. I'd love to get trolled like that all the yeah, time. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll get yeah. trolled like that every yeah. day. Yeah, when I um, get trolled, it's usually people telling me they have no idea who I am. <laughs> <laughs> You're the you're the Scott Pilgrim guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was definitely one of those times when uh, the Magic community comes together and did something amazing. It definitely helps remind me that you know, yeah. uh, among all the among all the negativity, you know, you can come together and do something that's on it like objectively good. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, like no who's on the side rooting against St. Jude, right? So, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. There are no pros no, it, it was, criticizing you thing. for your choice to not go to Vegas oh, and here we go. raise money. We'll talk about that. Actually, maybe we'll just talk about it now. Tarmagoif, Tarmagate, Oila Goif, Goifgate. I believe the technical term is Goifgate. Every, is. I saw a lot of people arguing for Tarmogate, which I thought was pretty good too, because you know Tarmogoyf, Tarmogate. Tarmogate yeah. Why do we have to attach gate to every scandal? <laughs> because Reddit, because Reddit attaches gate to every scandal. Right. Yeah, so you that's have true. To. And if, I heard if you have ten or more gates, you win the game as well. Right. <laughs> We're almost there. Then we have to. That is universally we be well true. Past that. Yeah. So what do you guys think? Of, let me just explain. If people don't know, uh, in the top eight of GP Vegas, a on player, the magic side, I believe. Yeah. One of the because GP Vegas was split into two, but anyway, in one of the top eights, uh, Pascal Maynard uh, was in pack two, pick one. He was not in green. He was playing a red he was white, playing a uh, red white equip double strike deck. Yep, and he had a choice between uh, a burst lightning and a foil Tarmogoyf, and he took the foil Tarmogoyf. And then what ensued was a great deal of ah. Uh, Berating, vitriol, hate, 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 toxicity, toxicity, yeah, negativity. From the professional magic playing community, uh, guys like Huey Jensen, Owen Turtonwald, Reed Duke. A lot of people were really all over Pascal and his. Someone uh, tweeted. One of those guys tweeted at him like, "You sicken me." Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like no, that no, was uh, the tweet. You, you, you disgust me. me. Oh. I think it was Owen who was like, "You disgust me." Yeah. You know what's or you're a disgrace. You know what's yeah, funny? You're a disgrace. It's like things wow. that my dad say to me growing up, and you know, I just, you, know, you never <laughs> want to hear that. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wow. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just really hurt the real. mood today. Yeah. First, the butterflies and the mess. <laughs> so, but well, you know what's funny is Jimmy and I were on the plane home when this sort of went down. We got back in the airport, and we of course turn on our phone and get on Twitter first thing because we're degenerates. And we see these comments and we're chuckling because I thought they were joking. Yeah. I showed Josh and I was like, wow, look yep. at this. And Josh is like, wow, man, that's like, that's some pretty deep humor, you know, to say that that way without any like a slash S for sarcasm or that. Yeah, exactly. And then a little bit later, Jimmy's like, I don't think they're being sarcastic. Yeah. And it turns out like they were pre- being pretty dead serious. And, and 
Yeah, I so mean, anyway, then what happened is the counter backlash. Of everyone, almost everyone, including the pros that didn't say anything. We had like Cedric Phillips from SCG and stuff just contributing to the conversation, being like, you guys need to chill out. Saying it to Huey and Reed Duke. Oh, and yeah. Those it guys. Was, yeah. It and, was one of the most universal siding of of a group I've seen in a yeah. long time and so fast. Yeah. And then like a couple of days later, um, most of those guys sent out a tweet and they're all retweeted by Channel Fireball. So I believe it was a uh, by committee decision uh, apologizing for their actions. Oh, it, the timing of very... it felt like they got together and were like, we need to apologize. Oh, yeah. They yeah. totally did. So, yeah. so, so basically, like LSD was like, like dad pushing two kids forward and being like, like, yeah, my boys sorry. have something to say, and then smacking <laughs> them on the shoulder. And it's just like, sorry, I threw the pennies on the roof of your house, Mrs. Wilkerson. Sorry, I something... smashed the gnome statue. Yeah. I'm really sorry. Is there something you want to tell us about your childhood? Yeah, <laughs> we're here. Pretty specific. It's a safe place. It's a very safe place. Those gnome statues, though, someone's going to come looking for them. Okay, uh, so so let me just ask you guys each. Um, you take the foil goif or you take the burst lightning? I take the foil goif. Uh, foil goif because money foil is, goif. Is, is money. Yeah, it's true. I mean, from for one, it's worth more, worth more than first prize at this. It's point. It's like the 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 two words foil goif were probably the most said throughout the entire weekend yes. at the GP. Yeah. Not even in regards to the incident, just because people were like, "Oh yeah, I heard someone open the foil goif." We're like, "Man, where's my foil goif?" Like jokingly, like I said on a Reddit post that it may as well be an Urban Dictionary entry. Foil goif. Like, this is this term that we all use when we're playing Magic. And so when I saw him take it, I was, like, fist pumping in the air. I was like, that's awesome. That's so cool. Like, I totally would have done the same thing. It's a piece of Magic history. The whole hashtag from the weekend was make Magic history. And Pascal Maynard definitely did one way or the other if he took it or just passed it. Well, and, and, I mean... Sort of the capper to the whole story is that he decides to eBay the thing. Yeah, with and, the uh, deck. giving half of the proceeds to charity. And what was the final tally on what it... Uh, right now, I think we're up around 16000 I don't think it's ended yet. 16000 wow. And uh, so uh, even if some of those... In your face, are... Huey Jensen yeah. <laughs> and the rest of those guys, like, yeah, holy crap. That, that yeah. What he's going to get is more than the entire prize payout of the top eight, which is insane. Well, and here's I a mean, guy... Also, I think this wasn't talked about enough, but Craig Wesco came out and said that he had talked to Pascal... Uh, either earlier that weekend or, or maybe before. And here's a guy who's close to uh, making platinum. He's close to getting enough points to go to Worlds. Mm-hmm. And he was going to have to skip some GPs coming up because he just didn't have the money to travel to these GPs and things. And so he, here's a guy who financially, I mean, skill-wise in Magic, he, he, he has it. But financially, it's just hard for him to get to the places he needs to get to to play in the tournaments to to get to that level. And so in that case, taking the foil goif totally makes sense because it's guaranteed money over possible money. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> and like the, the percentage increase of how much more he may have won with that burst lightning was uh, to him. Negligible. At, at what do you that think? Point, that's an interesting question. I was having this conversation with BDM on Twitter. What do you guys think that the, if he takes the burst lightning instead of the foil goif, how, like how much better is his deck? How much better chances he have to win the whole thing? percent yeah from yeah from what i saw on twitter everyone doing the math about it there were a few there are a few pros doing the math mm-hmm. and the word negligible just kept coming up yeah over <laughs> and over again like even if he took the burst lightning it would have changed virtually nothing in the long run yeah, yeah. I th- the uh, conversation i was having with bdm bdm yeah. was saying he thought that the burst lightning was probably worth a full win over the course of an entire draft john finkel said he thought it was worth virtually it was negligible. It probably didn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and now, now I'm not, people who know me know I am not Mr. Limited, Mr. Draft. And there's going to be a video proving this where I make the worst pick as my first pick uh, <laughs> on an upcoming video. So that can be verified. So let me ask you, th- those of you more wiser than I, uh, isn't picking the Tarmogoyf a, a, a valid move in the sense of preventing another from getting that card. I understand that obviously Goyf in limited is nowhere near what it is in you know modern, etc. But surely it's a pretty good two drop in limited. It's, yes, I mean, is it yeah, preventing? Uh, if the burst not- lightning is negligible, isn't preventing a possible opponent from receiving a Goyf? at least negligible if not negligible times two it's well, funny it's, that that's mm, such it's is it considered that much trash yeah in limited it it's kind, really trash it's kind of is it's it's yeah, not, it's not very good. good it's really yeah. wow. it'd be one thing if it was like say comet storm power level wise mm-hmm. uh, which is just unbelievably the powerful best card in the format yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> and well let's say that 
Tarmogoyf was that power level. Right, okay. Then you could make the argument maybe that it's value plus hate drafting is worth something, but Tarmogoyf is really, it doesn't, it wouldn't even make a lot of decks, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, like, at that point, it's you're in the second pack, it's the first pick out of the pack. Um, if you didn't have any other viable options for your colors or what you were playing, then sure, taking that could be a viable thing. Just to be like, this is a relatively powerful card that I want someone else to have it. But in this case, he did have another option which would have fit into what he was making so much more that most people that play limited would say that it's always, almost always better to take the card that's better for your deck because the chance of you even seeing that card across the table from you is even more negligible than that card that you drafted being in your deck popping into your hand. Okay, okay. Yeah, hey, I, hey. I think the only situation uh, like for, for that would be either, I mean, Commissar was in his color, so I guess it would be something like a Profane Command. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like, like if that was the card, that is probably one of the, because there are a few cards at the very top that you always hate. There are just some of those cards, right, in every format that you always hate. I, I think. Um, I think even then, though, you know, there's. I wouldn't even not in pack one, pick one, because. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, because the chance that you play the person that has that card is very slim, and then even if you do, the chance that they draw it against you is not super high. So those combined don't make hate hate drafting really mm-hmm. worth it early on in a pack generally. So is there an irony here that the most powerful card in modern, what many people have, especially since this weekend, referred to as the Black Lotus of modern, Tarmogoyf, that this card is virtually worthless at the modern Masters GP, that that <laughs> things have been so skewed in terms of what the GP and the set are about, that the that the most powerful card in modern is not a pick by any stretch of the imagination for most players in a pack. Isn't that a little strange? It is a little strange. There's something weird about that, right? It's, I mean, because it's a reprint set, people will pick it just because it pays for their trip. It pays for their entry, you know, like. But that's the whole issue is everyone says he shouldn't have picked it. Right, right. Because he was playing for, you know, for the GP top eight, for pro points, for all these other things that as a pro, that's what they felt that he should not have been prioritizing a what I guess they must have saw as a filthy casual pick of something just for money. Ooh, that's such a hateful sentiment. Filthy casual. I mean, isn't the beautiful thing about the Magic Pro Circuit that we're all on equal footing, that everyone there is is beginning and ending with the same potential? Yeah, <laughs> he asks. He wow. asks with a leading question. Yeah, wow, that sounds <laughs> the misconception. No, but I mean, that's what I mean. The idea yeah, that yeah. it's like, oh yeah, you kids can show up and draft and pick your foil tarmogoyfs, but it's really this little crowd of people that are the real players here. I find to be that's, quite a a, a a a poor sportsmanship, if nothing else. Spirit. That's that's why those tweets were so bad. It's just because yeah. it really showed that, like, it's like how out of touch can you be? You were you were that player at one point. I mean, we all were that player at one point we all can yeah. be and we all still might be that player at one point the one that was like oh my gosh this car is worth money or oh my gosh this card is so like epic to me that i want to pick it because the kid in me the one that loves magic <laughs> from a innocent standpoint that's not all about winning and pro points and stuff just wants to take it you know it's it felt like felt like someone that was like so scarred by their childhood that they like wag their finger at anyone that you know may find joy in the game anymore I fear like. I fear I fear the problem is not that they are scarred by their childhood but by they've been scarred by the pro experience that the way in which this is set up and the the way in which they have to interact with Magic the Gathering as pros is what is actually the damaging factor here. And when you hear about things like, you know, especially the financial burden, should a pro Magic player be having financial burden to attend GPs? Maybe they just need to pay these guys more. Should a foil Tarmogoyf be something that is an overwhelming temptation? Should it be worth more than first prize? If I'm a kid who Mm. shows up to just have fun, and I play a side event, and I crack a foil Tarmogoyf, should that be worth more than first prize at the GP? I mean, I guess the reason this one is worth so much is it's inflated, but you get my drift, which is that maybe they need to pay these pros more. It sounds like they work pretty darn hard, and they, they, you know, like like are sleep-deprived and stressed, and my God, give them some money. Yeah, that's definitely a whole (laughs) other issue that wasn't... I I definitely remember when the conversation got going for a few days that started coming up 
And it's almost like a lot of pros were getting upset talking about how, like, this is the elephant in the room. Right. This is what we right. need to talk about. Wizards make, isn't paying us. I make more as an adjunct professor, and that's nothing, man, because Taco Bell makes more than me. And when I hear about these prizes, <laughs> Wait, it's Wait, all like, of Taco Bell makes more than you? That's in, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's not hard. <laughs> Taco Bell's great. <laughs> No, but I mean, seriously, like, like that was when I returned to Magic and heard about the big pro scene, I was like, wow, cool, what's, you know, like, the first prize that these events win? Yeah. And it's like, that's not that much when you compare it to everything else. Yeah, it's you certainly... Know? I mean, pay these pros more, they work for it. A lot no of, one's denying that. I'd say the majority of pros still have second jobs. Listen, none of them are pros. Yeah, no, by the actual not a, definition of the word. There's probably not a single one that's a professional Magic player. It's it's cute to call them that, but right. I, I don't know that there's one that makes the bulk of their living from... Look at the lifetime earnings of the biggest guys, which is like Kai Buda and John Finkel. LSV's probably up there. It's around 350000 oh, for yeah, the top two. Oh, yeah, it's still two. like low six figures. They've been playing for 15 years. Yeah. It's $20,000 average per year, maybe. That's for the best four guys. That's 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 not just sad. That's insulting. Well, it's, that's 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 <clears throat> rotten. Like people should be more. I, I mean, like, and I'm not a pro guy. You know, I don't follow it that closely and everything. But I, I, I that that isn't right because there's so much money being made by everyone else involved, the vendors and the company itself. This is very lucrative. Like like, and if the pro tour is so integral as recent articles on magic indicate that that's a big part of magic's success mm -hmm. then you need to pay these people a little bit more yeah that's definitely the sentiment that got sort of just clear like pointed at directly from this whole event it's interesting how many things this event has just brought up just one single tarmogoyf because that is the card that defines modern masters one and two yep. it's the reason that this the whole exists. format of modern yeah because that card was so prohibitively prohibitively hard to get and now it's like it's come mm -hmm. full circle. It, it's really interesting. Um, and I think as magic grows, this issue will be one of the first that it has to be on top, high on the the list of things that they should be looking at. I mean, I, at least I hope so. Yeah, I will just say that if the pros are asking for more money to be thrown in, be careful what you ask for because right now, and I'm not I'm trying to insult them, but as soon as you put more money in, you're going to bring a lot more people in chasing that money. Yeah, And, mm -hmm. you know, when the talent pool is shallow because the prizes are not there, the prize structure is not there. And we see this. We've seen this in other games for sure, where, you know, be careful, Huey Jensen, John Finkel, all those guys. You ask for a lot more money to be put in. All of a sudden, people who wouldn't have been playing Magic because it's not worth their time are going to be coming into that, coming in and fighting for that cash and win. And I don't know. The true we'll, spikes will emerge. Well, we'll see. Like, it's like we say in the United States, like. If soccer was the biggest sport here, then LeBron James would probably be the best, you know, goalkeeper in the history of soccer because <laughs> he would have played that since he was a kid, not basketball. Right, right. You know, so, yeah, there's this, I mean, I think Wizards should definitely subsidize it. I mean, Riot does it for League of Legends, you know, Blizzards does it for Hearthstone. If Magic wants to keep up, they need to do that. Uh, they need to subsidize the prize structure because $4,000 for the winner of the biggest uh, Magic tournament in the history of the planet is it's, it's insubstantial. It's nothing. Yeah, that's it's a nothing. joke. That's yeah. a joke. We talked to our friends at Riot, and they were just laughing. They're like, "What?" Yeah, they were like, "That's the prize." <laughs> like, it's insane. They give away a million dollars. Yeah, right. It's yeah. not even. It's. It makes it like it's. Makes it like it's. Uh, I don't know. It's not even in the same league. Not even three leagues down from the big stuff. You know. Well, I, I think that definitely brings up uh, another point, which. Man, I've been yelling about forever and that the way Met, like Wizards does business, especially with their tournament scene, is archaic almost like extremely old school. They're not keeping up with other even just card games in general, let alone, you know, esports or anything like that. They're just so far behind. And what what, what I'm afraid of, I, I, I love the idea of, you know, uh, increasing tournament like increasing tournament prizes. But I, f I feel like if the second they do that. They're just going to inflate the price of entry again. Oh, that's the first a, thing I expect. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the 
the positive thing to find out through all of this is that Wizards has proven themselves to be a company that sees what's wrong and at least actively knows that they need to address certain areas and, you know, like make the right play is the motto of playing, you know, this game well and competitively. And I, I hope that the company that I grew up with now owned by a bigger company is able to find that light and at least keep it up because it's true. I mean, the competition around them with, like all the other competitive games in esports rising up is only a good thing because it just forces them to do better. If that makes sense. So Hopefully. I think I think we're on the edge of that. Tarmogate, Goifgate may be the beginning. It, it could be our, uh, our our Egyptian spring for Magic the Gathering. Who knows? <laughs> now, now <laughs> let me ask you folks a question because here's another thing I've I've been thinking a lot about since this Goifgate is perhaps if things like having a higher pay for pros is is not going to be implemented what about changing the way in which this circuit is run i mean the idea of going to a different state a different part of the state a different you know traveling all over playing you know from morning until night for three days in a row sort of thing you know scurrying to earn these buys it's intensely stressful a lot of times when there are play mistakes that on reddit people erupt into this pro player was cheating there's lots of comments of saying no she was exhausted he was exhausted mm -hmm. it, it was day you know whatever and and they've been up without sleep and i'm thinking like geez take a break take a day off let these people sleep you know that that's not i don't think that i want to see my pros sleep deprived i don't think i want to see my pros starving to death on the like imagine if let's see a basketball game where they have only had three hours sleep and have eaten ramen noodles you know in the last 24 hours but that's a lot of these pro players and and i think that sounds horrible for these poor folks you know like like give them some rest and feed them some raw fish and if brain food and 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 let them you know come in and do a good game maybe not make so many rounds like figure out a way i know there's a lot of people involved but surely this can be restructured in a way where it's a much more relaxed sort of system where maybe it's regionals and states and you only travel within your own state and once you get past that point the select best then might be flown by wizards to a comfortable location you know to play in in their region and then for the nation i don't know i'm not a sports guy i i don't even follow the pro stuff that much but when i do hear about what these people go through it just sounds like such such intense stressful conditions that why don't they just revise that? Because if he's saying, I couldn't afford, I almost had platinum, but I couldn't afford to go to other GPs. Well, maybe if he didn't have to worry about that, maybe if it was just like, oh, well, I'll just go to the GPs in my area and that's how the system is set up and I'll become state champ. And once I become state champ, they'll fly me around or something. I don't know. I mean, like, is that a possibility? I definitely think there is a lot of restructuring that can and should probably happen. I mean, you're the more... Josh is the bigger sports guy here. I, I don't really know. It's a cost-benefit <clears throat> analysis thing. I think if you're Wizards right now, and I don't blame them, you're looking at it and going, why? What do we get if we do all that stuff that you're talking about? Yeah. You know, and do you... Does no the, more Goyf Gates. But that doesn't matter. <laughs> does that hurt the game? I don't think... Yes. It, I think it, this has been bad see, for I don't the game. think it does. I don't think it hurt the game at all. I, I think, think they really? did splendidly well this weekend, and they're not going to hurt at all from it. Well, I oh, think short-term, but what about long-term? Well, well, what do you mean? I mean, Goyfgate being the fact that the guy picked a foil Goyf. All the casuals, that 95, nine, probably 99% of the people that play your game are not spiky tournament professional magic player hopefuls. And those people were all on the side of pick the Goyf because they play the game for fun. Right. And most people don't have any aspirations to be a magic pro because honestly, with the amount of work that you have to put in and the amount of money that you get at the other end, uh. like you could do almost anything else and be <laughs> better off financially. But that's the, that's the problem. Okay. But it's not a problem so, because your game is still popular because it's not meant to be a profession. You want people to dream of being pro. You want people to feel that they can do that pro circuit. Do you? you want yeah, you no, see, but they, they, they don't push that let's, at all. Let's look Not at nearly it. as much. Let's look at football. How many people watch football in this country? It's millions and millions. It's by far oh, the most popular sport. No, they don't. Most of them, no, kid. most of the people watching football are too old to, be, to, have play, to play, never played in high school, never played in college, aren't trying at any point in their life to become a, a, a professional football player. Now, they would dream of the money and the fame of it, but they're not actually in any way rationally thinking they might someday be a football player. 
They watch it because they love watching that game. And you can mm. you can consume magic on that level and never want to be a professional and still have a professional scene. My point is just that what does Wizards get that they're not getting now if they put all that effort into it and all that much more money into it? I don't know that it's probably worth it on the other end for them. Now, it'd be nice for us, obviously. It'd be nice for the pros, you know. But in, in the end, as a business, if you're going to put a bunch of money in and you don't know what you're really going to get out of it, why would you do that? And wouldn't it be better for us if they just hired a bunch more people, released more product every year or something, did something else? Oh, with that no, same? I think they should release less product personally. But um, or, or, or Okay, but you get my point. If they took that and put it into the actual game. Well, I, I don't know. Well, I don't know that it needs to go into the game in that the game is cardboard and they've got that down except for the foils uh, and now the packaging. But uh, <laughs> it I, went backwards. I, like put it into Magic Online, perhaps. There you but, go. There you uh, go. Uh, yeah. You know, like hire, uh, I, I'm guessing, an intern from college in programming who could do a much better job than what they currently have. But, uh, you know, I, I, this is the thing. So recently, and I believe this was largely the thesis of that uh, Vice article uh, was that the reason why, they kept asking the question, why has Magic endured while other collectible uh, uh, systems, be it Beanie Babies or other card games, including baseball cards. Beanie Babies The Gathering? Beanie Babies (laughs) The Gathering. I was always wanting a Dungeons and Dragons themed set, but if we do a Beanie Babies themed set, watch out. Um, (laughs) I'm so game. God, I would love a Dungeons and Dragons themed magic set. They could do it. They own both properties. I know, but they don't want to mix the IP. Um... Uh, uh, they largely the the thesis of that piece was that the reason it endured was creating the pro scene and creating formats like standard where you had to buy into the new cards in hopes of you know the the, the pro scene and and uh, I think that they had a good point about that. Uh, I think that if Wizards of the Coast were to say we're not doing the pro circuit at all, it would hurt the company because I think that this is actually a big factor in their success. Oh, and I'm not... therefore, therefore, having a healthy, thriving pro scene is good for the company. And this is not... It's not healthy to have people expected to live like this. It, it's not healthy having things where there's any kind of scandal where it's like, well, he's getting paid more by taking the foil card than he would have for winning, so why shouldn't he? And then when this happens again and again and again and it gets, you know, it starts combining, when it turns into the whole thing as a sham and people start tuning out, then isn't that the same as we don't have a pro circuit at all? And if just abandoning the pro scene entirely now is a bad thing, then the pro scene deteriorating to that point is is similarly negative i feel and i am not a pro fan i don't even watch the damn stuff but i do feel that having a healthy pro environment is good for the game overall and long-term stability short-term sure you're getting some headlines and stuff long-term stable is good in my most humble and english major opinion <laughs> i don't know why being an english major makes makes you it's less. because we're worthless everybody in the medical industry went on strike tomorrow the nation would grind to a halt if everybody in plumbing or mechanics or computer programming went on strike tomorrow the nation would grind to a halt if everyone who's an english major went on strike tomorrow you wouldn't notice for 10 years <laughs> hey, wait, listen, we had a writer's strike here in L.A. Uh, a few years oh, yeah, back, and, and the town did did feel it. So yeah, if you guys don't watch the show, yourself like, Friday Night short. Lights, oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I actually how, do remember feel, how do you feel the writers came out on that? you think uh, they won that? No. Because no. <laughs> no. no one cares. Nobody, the studio <laughs> always wins, because the, the man always wins, unfortunately. Right. They wanted, what, like a penny for syndication on DVDs or something <laughs> like that? And no! Okay, not we- a chance! Well, let's move on here uh, a little bit. We We wanted to talk about the Rolling Stones article... Um, mm. And this is similar lines. I feel like there was that Vice documentary mm-hmm. really recently. The Stones article came out. Jimmy, Jimmy featured. Not, I don't know, featured, mentioned. Yeah, in the Stones I had no article. idea the guy was playing next to me. You I live guess. a charm yeah. life, dude. <laughs> I, when I saw my name in there, I was like, "Whoa, what the heck?" You live a charm life. I was life. playing. There's next 7,200 people there. Yes, he that's happens right. to the sit Jimmy next Wong. to you. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a uh, I I uh, I'm a luck sack I guess whatever whatever the right terminology is is for that. 
So, I mean, it feels like the game, and then there was the South Park episode. Yes. Um, also, this so, is all this year. huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, in huge. the last 12 months, the amount of like cultural awareness about magic, it feels like it's really skyrocketed. Yeah. It in, has. In a really great way, too, because it's not, no, it's not in the 90s where it's like, oh, you guys are associated with witchcraft and all this stuff. Now the game is associated with anything, you know, like Hearthstone and League of Legends and all these other big games, World of Warcraft, EverQuest. It's, we've seen the progression happen, and now we're finally at the point where it's just normal. It's a normal, fun thing that a lot of people do, and it's big, which is cool. wasn't like that before. I, I, I think that... that- a lot of this ties into the rise of what we'll call nerd culture and how back in, for those of us that remember the 80s and 90s, uh, this was something that was looked down upon. And then when we all grew up and became successful in varying degrees, especially those of us, not myself, who did computer programming and started making <laughs> a lot of money uh, yeah. and started making a lot of money and shaping you know, the zeitgeist, as I'm sure folks in, quote unquote, the biz call it. Uh, 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 then all of a sudden now on TV, the nerd is suddenly always a software millionaire and, and they might still be socially awkward, but everyone's still interested in them because they're rich. Uh, and <laughs> so what's happening and then movies like the Avengers, which is, you know, is, is, is number one at the box office and everything. It's like, Oh, these nerds know what they're talking about. Hey nerds, can you show me some more comics like this? Well, gladly friend, you know, and it, it's like, so it's actually become a positive thing and then they look at magic the gathering which is a successful business they're making a lot of money people who play it and collect it and know what they're doing are having a lot of fun and many of them are making a lot of money collectors and so it's turning into a look look at what the nerds are doing over there not in a derogatory way but in a look what what have they got there they've got something good you know they know it's like they know what to pick out and it's like look at this is how i feel and so with Magic the Gathering, it's like, oh, yeah, I saw people play that in high school, maybe. And I always wondered about it, but it was nerdy and I stayed away from it. And now it's like, oh, cool. Maybe that's fun. I'd like to go have some fun. Oh, cool. The people who are making a lot of money are doing it. I'd like to make a lot of money. Oh, cool. You know, like, this is something that we're drawn towards. And so Magic the Gathering is in Rolling Stone. And how awesome that, like, you know... Uh, Christine Sprankle is is like our our mascot or our our emblem or our face or everything with that she great is Las Vegas Abbotson, pick. If she I'll is take that, our, and it's just like she at one point, you know, the larger mainstream society might have laughed at the goofiness of cosplay, and because of her and people like her, and I don't mean to. Uh, 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 push out the other cosplayers there who are all great, but she's kind of like the big name in cosplay and magic right now. And there was lots of cosplayers and they all did a great job, really great job. But like now that's cool. Now cosplay is cool. And now like people looking at that photo aren't like, look at the people dressing up, dorks. It's like, wow, she's cool. These people are cool. They can just walk up and talk to this cool girl and, and, and everything like that. It just embodies all that we had been denied. It's just great. It's Rolling Stone, man. It's awesome. And it's just a great time to be a part of this. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's definitely geek culture in general. Um, like BJ Shea's Geek Nation, that's the name of a show, has the word in it, you know, like shows like Tabletop on Geek and Sundry. Again, right. again, geek keeps popping up. It's it's something that, I mean, the Big Bang Theory, yeah, um, just like one. pop culture has embrace this in a way with the revival of the comic book movie and everything in a way that it's all of a sudden finally just come around where, you know, in the early nineties was about grunge rock and being real and all this (laughs) from the streets and stuff and and how, you know, sort of rough and tumble was, was more admired than sit in your dad's living room and play a card game or whatever. But it's finally come around and it, it is very interesting to see it finally happen um, well, in I a way that let's not discount guys like you, Wedge, and you, uh, Prof, and people that get out there on YouTube and have sort of, you know, dispelled what traditional media says people look like and how they act and what they think, right. is, what they think is cool and what they consume. And you know, geek culture has really sort of been empowered in the last decade or so to come out and be like, no, I like this thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. care if you think it's nerdy. It used to be where you would hide it. You know, and you would you wouldn't talk about it in places where other people might hear you. And yeah. now, 
a few people started doing it at some point. I don't remember when. And now everybody does it. And you get 10,000 Magic players in Las Vegas. And they're like, yeah, we play Magic and we think it's awesome. Yeah. And we don't care if other people point at us and say that you're geeks or you're nerds. And you know what happens when you do that? People don't point at you and say you're geeks or nerds because you think it's cool and you're proud of it. Yeah. It's the confidence that comes with it. Yeah. So I think that, you know, guys like you, a lot of people in this community that create content and just frankly for other games that have just come out and and been who they are, are really what's powering this sort of revolution. It's also sort of, it came with the rise of the individual on the internet. And the internet in general is, I think, the reason that this is all here is because finally, like, your weird one thing, maybe not weird, of course, let's say, like, let's say you like this one very specific thing, one character from this one cartoon from the 90s, you were the only (laughs) one in your entire town that knew about it. Not until the internet came around, now you have a whole forum, a group of people, and you're allowed to take claim and like say like look i do like this there are other people that do it it's affirming my thing in this and the community yeah i'm not weird i'm not geeky the internet made everyone that was considered a nerd or whatever growing up realize that like oh wait there are millions of other people that are in the exact same boat as me and we have confidence now because we realize that we are not the minority by any means yeah. Oh my God, that's so well put. Uh, uh, that's that's it exactly, and it's a beautiful thing. What a beautiful time to be alive in that sense. Uh, uh, I just read a tweet uh, today from Erin uh, uh, Campbell where she just said, like, because of the magic community. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but she said, because of the magic community, I have the type of of love and acceptance that I only dreamed of in high school, and and that's it exactly. Is because. Because of the internet, we no longer have to only receive information in a one-way system. Television, newspapers, books, it's one way. The message comes to us and we can't talk back. Anyone with an internet connection can send a message, whether it's a post on a bulletin board system, uh, a YouTube video, what have you, a blog, uh, an email. We can send as well as receive and find that we're not alone. You know, this idea of the geek used to be the, the, the freak and now it's just love. Geek and nerd means I love something deeply and passionately, whether it's magic cards or baseball. You'd be a sports nerd now. Sports nerd. Yeah. And it just means this is something that I love. And that's why people are drawn to it. Because I think in a lot of people's day-to-day lives, you know, especially with some of the this miserable economy we have and, and this these some of these miserable jobs, you know, it, it just feels like, God, I just wish I could feel passionately about something. And being a nerd or being a geek means I feel passionately about whatever it is I'm a nerd or geek about. And that's why we're in Rolling Stone, baby. <laughs> that is pretty we sweet. Made it's it pretty sweet. Vice and Rolling Stone. Yeah. All well, right. Um, I, we haven't heard from Wedge in a while. Sorry, Wedge. I want to ask you a direct question, though. Are you still there? Oh, yeah. No, you guys are just nailing it. There was nothing. It would be hilarious if it was just dead I'm like, silence I'm like, is at he that point. Is he there? It's just like, Wedge, are you there? No, he got I, disconnected like, like 20 Wedge minutes Wedge is like, ago. guys, I just blew up the Death Star over here. Uh, <laughs> I'm back. I speak, I speak what I feel like I need to speak. And you Wedge guys were like, nailing it. You guys were saying, goif. we speak Wedge because like, we... I just drafted a foiled Goyfall. You guys were born. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we like, guys, I'm on, I'm on Midgo right now. And I just, right. I mean, I, 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 I foil Goyf. I've, I've essentially gone infinite. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask. Yes, that's why I wanted to ask you, Wedge. Uh, have you had a chance to play much of the the, the new Modern uh, Masters 2015 draft format? Yes, uh, a outrageously ridiculous amount. Oh, awesome! Uh, whenever awesome. whenever a new set comes out, I have um, an arrangement with a store where I'll just draft over and over again and just give them all the cards. Dude. So I've oh, drafted. Amazing. I drafted in person like thirty something times now. Thirty something at moly. least. Online, at least 15 or 20. It's, okay, this is great because my question... It's for the channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. It's for yeah, the sure channel. It yeah, it's for uh-huh. it's market research. Okay. <laughs> Can you share the knowledge? Okay, what do you think me. are... Well, let's start with this. Draft archetype. If you could pick one, if at the start of the draft, you could say, I'm going to be in this archetype, and you knew it was going to happen, what would, what would you choose? White Blue Artifacts. Affinity, Affinity, huh? Yep, you know, not I've been, close. I've been seeing not even close. You didn't even hesitate. It is... Incredibly What's the resilient. most important card in that deck, Wedge? Uh, I, I mean, the the most bonkers card is cranial plating. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, it's just an absolute house. Is that the card um, that if you see it, pack one, pick one, you grab it and be like, "I'm affinity." You baby? force that, yeah. It, un- unless there's some crazy rare in that pack, cranial plating is absolutely a card that can push you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, into I mean, I mean, it's not the only one. There are cards like Lodestone Mer is the same way. 
There are a lot of people that mm-hmm. get lodestone burn. They're just like, we're, we're all in, boys. Well, here we go. Glint <laughs> Hawk definitely... Idol is one of those cards, too. Even. Oh, Glint Hawk is um, like, like, that's the thing. The individual card quality in the artifact deck, I think, is just better on average than any other archetype. Right. And I Glint think Hawk if it comes. Uh, Glint Hawk really surprised me because when I first saw that card, I was like, eh, not that good. But then when you play against it, you're like, I can't do anything. How you, man? How like, you? I can't do anything you about it. Single, yeah, but yeah. all my removal doesn't hit it because it's not a creature on my turn. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that thing's that thing's brutal. Uh, wh- okay. What are maybe two other archetypes you think are also very strong? I think I think the Graft deck is underrated. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think blue green Graft because if it, it it's one of those decks that really punishes lack of removal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. In in in. in, in uh, in a big way, Modern Masters 2015 is about going wide, right? Like, like when you're attacking, at least most of the time, mm-hmm. unless someone gets like Savage Twister and just hoses you. <laughs> but most of the time, it's about going wide. And if left unchecked, I can't think of a deck that can get more ridiculous than a Graft counter deck. That deck right. is dumb. Maybe Domain if you have like the perfect draws, but Graft is so underrated. Uh, and... What I found watching a lot of the GPs is there were a few people that kind of went into it, but then turned to like just a blue green tempo thing. Uh, but I think it's I think it's overlooked think a it's lot. Legit. Mm-hmm. I do. I really like it as a draft. Like it, and it's one of those decks that's pretty easy to tell if it's open, mm-hmm. right? When you're drafting, you have a, a card like the Graft Mage. It's like four mana, um, and you can untap like creatures yeah. that have one encounters on them. That if that's still there in like the middle of a pack. Or like I guess the middle to like the latter end of the pack. Graft is open. Like yeah. it's it's gotta be. Like go nuts. Uh it's definitely one of those. I think it's super underrated. Um, other than that, I gotta say, besides artifacts, um, you can kind of go crazy with bloodthirst, I guess. Uh really? I, I've seen a few bloodthirst strategies that if drafted well, uh have that crazy I, I forgot the name of it. It's that triple red seven two with persist uh, thunderblust thunderblust yeah yeah, yeah. Ooh, like, that like thing is cards, it is ridiculous um that deck is also i think underrated yeah just you've got how fast it is. firebird and stuff too comes out as a six six yeah like like turn burst. one vampire lacerator into turn two stormblood berserker is like who fights that yeah how do you like do- how do you like how do you fight that um but, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's also a deck i really like uh but overall i would say I don't know. I, I truly like blue, man. Like even besides my bias to blue, blue has some crazy spells in this format. Yeah, I think Vapor like, Snag is an all star that people don't realize. Just repeal just is really all, good. Repeal and Vapor repeal. Snag is always oh good. my! Don't even get like yeah, I. I repeal all day, every day. Yeah, Broad I card. go blue oh. in the face talking about unsummoned spells and how they're <laughs> pseudo time walks, <laughs> especially in this kind of format. Yeah. People are tapping out all the time to do things. Yeah, it's and, very tempo based. Uh, it's yeah exactly and having an unsummon effect is sometimes just as good as taking an extra turn which is also what i found so yeah no going wide is the thing artifacts i think is by far the best strategy well wedge we will we have boxes and we will save one oh yeah my 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 last question for you wedge is when are we gonna hang out yeah man oh my uh, when oh meet up in San Francisco, meet up in San Francisco, meet up in San Francisco. I have been promised <laughs> the best oysters that I've ever tasted. If I go to San oysters Francisco. and prosciutto, hog and rocks in San Francisco. Any listeners that live in the Bay Area that like oysters and or prosciutto, <laughs> hog and rocks. Mm-mm-mm. It is not cheap, but it is delicious. I have been promised that place if I go up there, Wedge, and I'm assuming if you're there too, then we all get it. Oh, so I, I actually pay for everybody when, um, now. All right, deal. Oh, deal. wait. Oh, wait. <laughs> you say then you had it's to pay, on me. It's on me. You three. You three. Then you come owe me. On wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You owe me two dinners then. Because. Whoa. Wait, here's why. No, no, no. no. Listen, listen. listen, listen. Yeah, I want to hear the story. Wait a, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, tell the story. When when we first started, like, like really talking and, and uh, becoming friends, and I was like, yeah, man, you know, eventually I'm going to get out there and it's going to be awesome. And, and then you said, when you come out here, I will buy you a steak dinner. That's word for word. That's what you said. And I remember that when people offered to buy me steak dinners. <laughs> now, 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 as you for the should. record, I also have heard buy that you dinner. <laughs> and I said, what do you like? And you said steak. And I happen to know a really good steak place where they do age the steak in house and everything. And so I said, no problem. I'll buy you a steak dinner. But that was based upon your own Criteria you selected you said from those the drop down box. Steak dinner. You, everything else went you out the window. You selected from the drop down box steak. 
Uh, wedge, what drop down come box? on out, Wedge. Wedge, yeah. it was my drop down box. Were you doing you, it on so a computer? It sounded like a San conversation. Francisco, yeah. I will take care of you, man. I will buy every. Me- come on out to SF. Whoa. I'll take care of you. He almost said every meal. And he Did you just say so short. <laughs> sure. uh, steak for you breakfast? Out, you, well, you fly I out here. I'll take care of you at the rest, man. And and Dude. San Francisco, you will play Magic twenty four seven. Name the format. Name what you want to do. There's always. I could walk Wait out a the minute. store right now. Wait a minute. Is it San Francisco or is it Valhalla? Because <laughs> I think you're getting yeah, it confused. Sounds like some crazy. <laughs> the glory lands. It's it's the this best. I feel so like... sorry. I feel so sorry when I hear people say, "Yeah, we've got like one card store and they just do Friday night you magic." Realize, and... You realize we wedge and us live in the biggest cities in the country, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you not always have magic have going more, on like we've like, got in the Bay Area? And out of our do. 17... Yeah, we do. <laughs> you know, we'll find the time yeah. to get us all out there. Until then, it's been a pleasure having the both of you on. Wedge, I very much look forward to the time we can draft this set together. Or the next set. Who knows? Maybe we'll see each I'm other. I'm saving at- a box of Modern Masters 2015 just for whenever we hang out with you, Wedge. So, Oh, my God. This what about my you. box at Innistrad? I thought you were saving a box at Innistrad oh. for me. Uh, hey, you know what? If all four of us get together, box of Innistrad and box of Modern yes. Masters. Oh my god! Oh, and then a big box of steak. If that is not incentive, I don't know what is. Yeah, dinner's on me. If Innistrad's on you, I'm paying less in that situation. <laughs> I'm in the airport right now. Excellent. Well, if you guys want to find both Wedge and the Professor online, you can. It's super easy. We'll have all the links below, of course. The Manosaurus on YouTube and on Twitter for Wedge. Professor, you are at Tolarian Community on YouTube and uh, uh, Tolarian College. I, I, don't, I at always Twitter. Yeah, no, that's Tolarian College. I'm Tolarian Community at YouTube. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they 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 have these rules about how long your name can be. Oh. Tolarian Community on YouTube. Tolarian College on Twitter. Hey, but you don't know what? Test. It is a test, and I I aced it. <laughs> Uh, it's, I'm the only one that's. Wow, proud you got evil that. there, yeah. Yeah, I did get a little evil. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thanks so much for coming on. I so look forward to the time when we can all hang out together. Hopefully, at some kind of convention coming up. Wedge, expect to see you there, buddy. I know. We'll talk. We'll start a new charity just for you to get your butt out here. Be great. <laughs> Viewers tried to do that once. I had to tell them to stop. <laughs> Very respectable. All right, fellas, thanks for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. And thanks, Love everybody, for listening. You guys are the best. Peace. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> <laughs>